When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome everyone to the PJ's cast. I'm your host, Pierce, alongside of my good co-host, Reagan. And making his triumphant turn right at the end of 2023 to the PJ's cast is our good friend of the show, Scott Powers. How's it going, Scott? Good, good. Thanks for having me. How are you guys doing? Doing pretty well. It's it's Christmas is a week away, and then New Year's is two weeks away. I can't believe it. And <laughs> the last time we had you on would have been, I think, right at the beginning of September 2022, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And that was right before the, the season started. Taves and Kane were still on the team. <laughs> like it was the first year of Luke Rick coach. It was the first year of Kyle Davidson in a, a, his first full season, I guess. There was that they had the big draft where they traded away Alex to bring Kit Kirby Dock, and that's kind of when they started the rebuild. And uh, <laughs> and a lot of, more has changed since then. <laughs> um, no more, no more Taves and Kane. Any remnants of the cup winning teams are gone now. And the team looks still looks completely different from last year for the most part. Not a lot of returnees like Max Domi got traded too. Sam Lafferty got traded. Jake McCabe, but now but obviously they got Connor Bedard. So a lot. It's it's crazy how much has happened in, sure. in the past year and a bit. And it just coming into this year, I was thinking, well, all the drama of you know will Taves and Kane be traded? That's gone now. We don't have to. Where we can kind of have a stress-free season, and uh, the hockey gods said nay to that. Well, <laughs> I think there are a lot of positives for this team on and off the ice. I mean, the Corey Perry stuff uh, stuff sucks, but I feel they handled it how they they should have. I don't think they should be pra- necessarily praised or like, I guess, you know, people can like they did the right thing with that, mm-hmm. and they've dealt with so many injuries, and it's just. It's it's it, it's never a dull moment watching the team, and I would think it's the same for you covering the team. How has it been these past this past like year and a bit with how much has changed with this team? Yeah, no, I mean it's certainly off the ice, on the ice. It's uh, it's, it's it is never a dull moment. Um, yeah, I, I guess you know starting with off the ice. I mean, I I don't um, I don't know what I, I don't know what happened still, and we're still trying to figure it out. Still mm-hmm. reporting it. Um, yeah, like you said, it's hard to congratulate the Blackhawks considering yeah. what, what happened. Um, also, this is how most companies' businesses work, right? Like, yeah. this is how you're supposed to handle it. Mm-hmm. Um, you, know, you know, considering there's also a second John Doe case, um, you know, um, from from Brad Aldridge, I, I think off the ice, it, it's certainly been, um, yeah, chaotic still. And, and certainly, you know, um, you know that's, that lawsuit is still pending. Um, so, so there's that, and that's those are two separate things. On the ice, 
Um, you know, th this season was designed to be uh, another, uh, you know, obviously they, they achieved what they wanted to last year. And um, even if they, you know, got a little lucky and landed Connor Bedard, considering the odds are a little bit against them, but um, you know, that they, the rebuild has started the way they wanted. Um, but having one player and having one elite player, potential generational player, isn't going to, you know, isn't going to bring a cup by itself. And, and so this season was, um, it hasn't gone according to plan in that they hope Taylor Hall and, and and Corey Perry and 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 you know you, you talk about the other wide array array of injuries. Um, it hasn't gone according to the plan. Um, you know I think they were hoping to give Bedard and and company a little bit more help, but the overall plan was still to to tank. You know in, in a way and still have a top five pick. And you know, as of today they have the worst points percentage in the league. And um, it looks like it'll be between them, San Jose, Anaheim, and you know potentially Columbus again for that top pick. So. Um, I think that, you know, once you, if you can get, you know, obviously the, their, their goal and their greatest hope would be to land um, uh, Macklin Celebrini, who's, you know, the definitive number one player in, in this year's draft. Um, but if not, you know, they can still get a, you know, a top, um, you know, a top player, whether it's forward or defenseman. It's, it's, it's pretty, it sounds like it's a pretty stellar draft still, at least at the top of the draft. So I think, uh, you know, I, I think that's where they're pointed. I mean, they're hoping that Bedard and Kaiser and Vlasic and, Kuczynski, all those guys take steps this year and a year from now um, that they can start, you know, building from within even more, you know, those guys take a step and all of a sudden you introduce Nazar and Colton Dock and, um, you know, down the line. And then, then you know, they're hoping that next um, that next wave of prospects, you know, the Oliver Moores and then potentially whoever they draft this year, you know, within a year or two is ready. So, um, yeah, it, it's, you know, I, I think um, – I think the way the Blackhawks started and the fact that Connor Bedard's played so well that the optimism has been there, which is great for Blackhawks fans. Um, I'm not here to take that away, but it, it's it's a process. And then this is, you know, I, I talked to Corey Prom in our podcast just um, on Powers and Laz just a few weeks ago, and he talked about how this could be a four to six year process. You know, like how mm -hmm. it, it, it takes the, the kind of the reality of a rebuild. So it's um, yeah, it, it's I, I think at least on the ice they're taking steps forward and getting Connor Bedard is a huge piece and the fact that he's been so good and so exciting. Um, there's reasons to be optimistic, but it's also um, yeah, I, I think it's sort of this guarded optimism, knowing that there's many more players to draft and bring in for them to be really truly successful. Yeah, it, last year it was just so we I, I expected pretty much nothing from that that year and. I felt last year with Luke Richardson as the head coach did a pretty good job considering the quality of the roster. I felt way more often than not, even if they were losing a lot of games, they were giving the other teams everything that they could handle. And obviously the, the one that stands out is that that one against Pittsburgh. And I just remember last year we were all complaining about like, oh, this is going to hurt our odds for Bedard. But in a <laughs> weird roundabout way kind of seeing the penguins missing the playoffs and then them getting bedard with the first overall pick how that all lined up it's kind of uh it's kind of i got i don't know if poetic is the right word but it's kind of cool to see how that unfolded we can look back on that but now this year it almost kind of feels the other way around where i feel a lot of the time we're kind of let down by the lack of effort in these games like they've had a lot more stinkers and granted they're kind of in the same spot they were at this time last year losing a lot of games right at the the bottom of the barrel but it just it it feels like more often than not there's those games that they have against seattle or the one they had against columbus early i think last month and 
Same with Arizona. And kind of before we get into anything, this is kind of a weird... Uh, well, it still relates to Connor Bedard, because Connor Bedard, I think, has exceeded all our expectations. I think he's more than lived up to the hype the way... Like, he's on pace for, what, 30-plus goals? I don't know if it's quite for 40, but as someone who has no... Who just turned 18 has no... Pretty much no hope at the NHL level and all the, you know, the pressure and hype around him has lived up to it, I think, is incredible. And... Kind of to, to go to other sports, I seeing the Shohei Otani Shohei Otani contract being seven hundred million, ten years or whatever it was. Um, not that NHL or is ever going to get close to that, but kind of thinking about that, I feel this team obviously knows that Connor Bedard is the future. Like, what and with the cap going up, what could we see Connor Bedard's contract look like once it's up? Yeah, I think the big part is is the you know the, the cap percentage, and that's where sort of you, you'll you'll you know you'll see guys making you know 12, 13, 14 percent of the cap, I believe. Um, I, I'd have to you know I've been really dove into it yet, but you know like you look at Austin Matthews' contract and McDavid's, um, I think those are relatable, and then you just compare it with whatever the cap the cap ceiling is at the time where it's projected. So I would assume that you know the Blackhawks will want to secure him to an eight year deal once his deal's up and. Um, you know, at the end of uh, with the end of twenty 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 six, um, that you know, it, it I, I would think it's in the fourteen fifteen million dollar range, which which sounds really high right now, but relatively to where the cap may be and um, you know cap percentage, and I, and I, I think the Blackhawks are prepared for that. Like they, um, you know, you, you'll still have Seth Jones' contract on the book, but it's also why they'll they'll be passive in free agency at least. Um, you know, I, I think they can, they might go out this next off season and maybe overpay for someone, pay for someone with ability and, and overpaying for just to, sh- you know, try to get them on a short-term deal to try to get kind um, of Bedard some players, uh, get some, get some help and get some better players in here, at least in the short term. But also knowing that in, in 2026, you have Bedard and Korchinski's contracts and, um, you know, the fact that Reichel hasn't lived up to the hype yet, um, you know, his, his contract isn't probably what they thought it'd be. So you, you have a little bit more money to spend, but um, you know, as these guys come in and if you have another top, you know, another top five pick the next season um, and someone who could turn pro within a year or two, then you're talking about a contract there. So I, I think, you know, the Blackhawks are trying to build this from within and um, which is all in all great. I mean, it's, it's challenging to do, but one of the hardest parts of it is uh, then balancing the money because it, it means that your young players, especially in this day and age in the NHL, those, those young players get paid on those first deals, you know, and um, I, I think the Blackhawks uh, are taking an approach where they want to sign long-term deals too, maybe with saving saving money in the long term rather than just working on bridge deals. So I imagine when there's players that come up that they want to keep around, that you'll see them on um, eight years deals or you know or that sort of sort of extent yeah, sort of term. So um, yeah, I, I think Bedard's going to get paid whatever he wants, and you know he certainly he's going to make a lot of money in, in endorsements and. Um, you know, he's already bringing that in, but uh, you know, Blackhawks will give him give him what they want. They'll be ready for it, and they'll be ready to pay Krachinski if he's, uh, you know, if he's kind of popping off at that point too. You know, I, I, the points probably won't be there here this season, but two years from now, if he's running the power play, I'm certainly playing with Bedard. You know, the points will be there, and he'll get paid. And um, you know, Velasic being a shutdown defenseman probably doesn't have as high of a ceiling to be paid, but you know, like all these are type of players that they. It's also not a bad thing. They they hope these guys. Um, they want them to succeed and, and sooner than later, you know, like they want to know what players they can count on in the long term. So they're, they're fine paying players 
of that caliber because that's where they drafted him to be. They paid Krachinski to be a number one defenseman, a top power play unit guy. They paid they drafted Bedard to be a number one center. So if those guys are living up the hype and they have to pay that, then that's the price. Um, and that's how eventually they're going to succeed again is if these guys all hit. So they uh, they certainly need to hit on the stars, but then they need you know those secondary guys, the Ryan Greens and. Uh, Paul Lewinsky's and all the guys that they you know drafted behind them to, to be successful too, and those guys probably won't get paid as much, but um, you know there'll be enough to go around. And, and the fact the Blackhawks have had so many different draft picks that um, you know at some point they may have to make some tough decisions on guys. Um, but if you have the quantity and, and the quality to back it up, then you kind of replace them. But those, those staple pieces are so hard to come around. So uh, I think uh, yeah, again, I think those guys will get paid what they're worth, and, and the Blackhawks won't sweat it at all. Yeah, I think Connor Bedard will just get so good that it almost doesn't matter what you pay him because he'll get underpaid. And I think there's a lot to to, to look forward to in the in the future. There's still the possibility that uh, Frank Nazar could sign with the Blackhawks after his uh, NCAA season is done. You know, Oliver Moore in the couple next couple of years and all those kind of depth guys they have coming up with Colin Doc and of course in, in university with Ryan Green and all the, the guys they have in juniors Paul Lewinsky Nick Lardis has gone off to a, a really good start as well but uh this year it's uh, just watching the NHL team it's it's tough seeing all the injuries it's it's they're dropping like a bunch of flies right now and it's part of the pro the process it's uh it's a, it's it's definitely a growing pain season because it seems like there's a lot of stinker games, but it's just it's because there's so many injuries. I don't think Kyle Davidson and the coaching staff was expecting these many injuries. And Reagan, I'm gonna hand the floor to you for your question because it relates to that, and I don't want to keep talking and <laughs> taking up your time. Okay, uh, yeah, like Chris is saying, we've kind of just had a lot of injuries, um, especially losing guys like. Um, Harry, which was an injury, but also like Hall, who are kind of like mentoring the young guys. What are some moves you think the Hawks can make, whether it's trades or like call-ups from Rock that they could make to kind of help build the team back up with everyone down on injured reserve right now? Yeah, I, you know, obviously they were hoping with the trade for Anthony Beauvillier that that was going to probably pay off a little bit more. Where he, he, you know, when he gets immediately when he gets acquired, he jumps on the top line with Bedard, and it hasn't worked out. And um, you know, he hasn't been bad on that second third line. Um, you know, he, he plays hard and he plays fast. So I, I think he's someone that's sort of a Band-Aid. Um, you know, I hope they're, they're, I think their hope is that Anthesiu gets healthy at some point. Uh, you know, Colin Blackwell, I, I think, may play um, this week. So he gets healthy. You know, obviously, Ryan, um, Joey Anderson went down uh, with an injury last game. So he's out and he's actually playing pretty well. I, I don't know how much they more they want to bring up from Rockford. I, I think Colton Dock's sort of the intriguing prospect down there, um, obviously. But they sort of want to give him some time to develop. Um, you know, there's there, there's some older prospects that, you know, that if they need to bring up, you know, the Brett Sinis and the David Gus that, you know, they, that can play at this level. Um, but they want them down there mentoring and sort of supporting those AHL guys. I, I don't I, I think the Blackhawks are sort of torn again where they they want to support Bedard. They want to su- support the young players. And that's what they thought they were hoping they were doing with Taylor Hall and Corey Perry. Um but also they're they're sort of in this dogfight a little bit for being the worst team and, and and now that you you know the Blackhawks have the worst points points percentage they don't they probably don't want to improve too much they I mean it, you know like San Jose's gotten a lot better than expected and um you know Columbus is uh yeah I mean Columbus is I, I don't know how how, how they how they still do it. I mean they, they seem <laughs> to be trying to win and continue to lose and and the fact that Anna's too so um I, I what I what I do think is I don't think the Blackhawks are going to make a lot of trades at the deadline this year. I don't think 
it's like a year ago where they're going to be depleted a lot much more than they are. Um, you know, if they can get healthy and they get some of these veterans back, maybe it can look a little bit better. Um, you know, certainly guys like, you know, Reichel and them not really uh, panning out so far certainly hasn't helped them overall. Um, but I, I don't think they're going to take a lot of team players off of this one. I, I don't think they want to add like they, they have so many, you know, second, third round picks. Uh, and I and I don't I don't think anyone that's on the team is really going to draw a lot of interest, at least uh, more than depth guys. So like even guy like Jason Dickinson, who's playing well, um, I, I could see the Blackhawks playing out, you know, letting him not not moving him at the deadline and potentially even resigning him. You know, a guy that can play a bottom six role really well and and support those young guys. And um, you know, Tyler Johnson, um, you know, yeah, I guess like that. I, I think they'll be here throughout the deadline because the Blackhawks probably don't see much of an upside to to moving them for you know, middle round picks because they have so many. And, and at some point the Blackhawks sort of need to worry about um, having too many prospects coming in at the same time and then trying to decide on who to sign because you can only have so many guys in Rockford, obviously. And um, so I, I think at some point that becomes an issue. So I, I think even Mrazek, you know, I think, um, you know, I could see Mrazek being here a year from now, especially since Soderbloom hasn't, um, you know, Soderbloom hasn't really panned out yet either. So I, I think I think Davidson understands the importance of, keeping them competitive and you know I, I think games like Vancouver are, are ideal for them where they're where they're playing they played hard they stung, stuck right there with Vancouver and then they um you know they got the result the players didn't want but probably management you know sort of sort of likes a little bit they still like the you know the fact they stay in that race for that um, the worst record so I, I think ideally that's the way they play they play a little bit harder and, and maybe they get some more results like last season um uh, but uh, yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't envision them making many deals. I don't think, um, I, I don't think Davidson sees the upside during the season to trade any assets. So, um, you know, the one luxury they do have is cap space. So, I think that's something that they can tap into in the, um, you know, probably into the in free agency again and try to get some maybe some younger younger pieces than even guys like Taylor Hall. You like that, that caliber player. Um, the fact that Taylor Hall is coming back and. Um, you know, I could see them re-signing Foligno again and Athanasiu signed for another year, but then maybe adding another another veteran or two with a little bit more higher upside, a little bit younger, and trying to pay them, um, you know, on a short-term deal. So um, I, I don't, yeah, I, I probably don't envision anything happening during this season. Um, but I also think that Davidson's aware that this isn't ideal and this isn't the way he planned it. And and they were thinking someone like, you know, Beauvillier was going to maybe put a Band-Aid on. And he's been fine, but um, probably isn't at a caliber that they can even play with Bedard. So, um, you know, it's interesting that they're putting Reichel back with Bedard now and trying to, one, probably get Bedard, you know, one, get Reichel going a little bit. But also um, just, you know, having someone else to play that with that speed um, that uh, Bedard likes to play with and, and try to maybe ignite his game even more. So, um, yeah, it, it's going to be a challenge. I mean, the, the rest of the year is going to be for tough for Blackhawks fans and probably players. It's just it's just one of those years, and I think Davidson's in a tough spot because um, he he doesn't want to accelerate the rebuild, and he doesn't want to you know uh, lose any assets. So it's um, yeah, it kind of is what it is. I don't want to say Kyle Davidson is like necessarily punting on the season, but he's definitely not going to do anything to make this team better again. He, Probably wants. Oh, he, I know he would want another top five pick. And yeah, no, I think I think this season was yeah. punted on from the start. Like, I don't. I think yeah, that I they. So. Yeah. I, I think. I mean, I. I um, it wasn't as uh, as clear of a uh, a tank as last year, but yeah, the goal was yeah. to to lose and, but also to be more interesting. It, it's it's to give those young guys the fact that they have this many young guys in the lineup. Like, it's it's pretty. 
um, you know, it's, it's abnormal and, and it's, um, but it's, you know, a lot of players going through growing pains and, and, and so what, you know, how they play and even, even that effort thing, like it's, it's guys learning the, what it takes to play in the NHL. So it's, um, you know, where a year ago the, the team was full of these NHL, um, you know, guys that were, you know, some borderline NHL players, but in pros. And I, I think the players now, as much as their ceiling is a lot higher than, than a lot of players were on last, on last year's team, they're still learning to become professionals and still learning how to manage games, manage themselves on and off the ice. So I, I think, um, you know, as the season goes on, the Blackhawks obviously hope that these, these players sort of learn some of that and they're better than when they started. But um, yeah, they're going through those growing pain, growing pains, as you mentioned, and it's um, yeah, and part of that is is learning what it takes to play even at, at NHL level, be able to compete with these teams on back to backs and you know three and four and that type of thing. I felt like last year it was like we just got we got to fast forward to the trade deadline so we can trade away Taves and Kane and and all those guys, and then fast forward to the draft so you know we can get Connor Bedard and use all our other draft picks. Whereas this year, I would think. The, there's not as big as emphasis at the tr- on the trade deadline as last year. Obviously, the draft is is still going to be huge, just as huge as last year. But I feel at this point they're not going to improve the team, but they're helping, hoping everyone kind of gets back together, gets healthy. And I just I don't see like at some point they can't just keep tearing it down the studs. Like I, I still they're probably still going to make a couple of trades, but guys, I think of Jason Dickinson is having a good year and is not necessarily old. I think he's only 28 and 29 years old. And Peter Morazic is another person that can maybe stick around for another year or two. Or, but I think at this time that you can't just keep ripping it down the studs. Like there has to be some players that return next year as well. And I think ultimately at the at the end of the day, it's all about letting the 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 young guns develop. And I probably the biggest disappointment of the year has been Lucas Reichel. And it's seen, and it's not for lack of chance or opportunity. It feels like the 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 coaching has given many ch- many chances, whether that's playing on the top line, playing on the top power play unit with Bedard, scratching him, hoping to get you know to to get more drive into his game, and it's kind of had mixed results. And I'm wondering, what do you think on Lucas Reichel? Because right now, there's not much to go on and go off of and say, yeah, he's going to be a, a top six for the future. I think there's a lot of Blackhawks fans right now who are are down on him, even though he's 21. And I just think of players like. Table Teravine and Nick Schmoltz from past who kind of had the same skill profiles and kind of had those same inconsistencies that Luke Reichel had, and they moved on from him and have gone on to be top six players. I still think that, but what are your what are you Lucas Reichel and how how you know how long is the leash for Lucas Reichel with this Blackhawks management and coaching stuff? Yeah, I think that I think the leash is really long. I, I think you know this season was designed. Um, yeah, to give these young players a lot of, you know, space and time and um, a lot of patience. And, and certainly the Blackhawks were hopeful that uh, Reichel would take the next step. And um, I, I think what you saw in the preseason and training camp was was a very confident, um, you know, confident kid who, you know, was playing fast and playing with the puck and, um, you know, maybe early in the season. And the fact that, you know, that he, he was playing with Kurashev and Anth, the CU, who, um, you know, so obviously Curves has had a you know a really nice season, but the they have him taken off the line, and then um, you know Anthus U just being you know he was sick, and then you know just hasn't really found his groove. So I, I think that impacted Reichel a little bit. And if you watched you know Reichel's early games, I, I think he had some opportunities. And he played with that speed, and um, there were times where you know like he looked like he was going to score. And he, um, I, I I think you know as the seasons wore on and the production hasn't come, I think his confidence has taken a hit and. Um, you know, again, the 20-year-old kid who 
um, who's having his first really, you know, like tough swing where he's, uh, and, and before the Blackhawks, you know, would, would have sent him down and, and he, you know, kind of worked through it in Rockford um, and, and get that back. And right now they're, um, you know, he, he's kind of having to live with it. And um, so I, I think that's, you know, like it's a new phase of his career and, you know, it's, um, uh, you know, being a healthy scratched. And, you know, I, I think he and the Blackhawks were hopeful that he was beyond that. But, um, you know, I, I think as Kyle Davidson likes to say, you know, you know development isn't linear. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that he, uh, you know, I wrote about it last week. I, I think a stint in Rockford wouldn't be the end of the world. I think he just, I think he needs to play a ton right now. I think he needs to puck on a stick. He needs to put up some points. Um, you know, if, if Luke Richardson keeps him with Bedard, I imagine some of that comes. Um, and, and you saw, you know, I even thought last game there were times where, you know, that, that trio had the puck and, and, and we're doing some, you know, playing fast and, and doing some things. And um, I think Reichel just needs that more consistently. I, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to make it or not. I don't, you know, like it's, it, you just never know. I, I've certainly, you know, thought other prospects would make it. Um, you know, the fact that Reichel had success in Rockford and, and then, you know, did it at the end of last season, you know, on a, on a really bad team later in the year and was arguably their best player. And he was producing on a, on a pretty consistent basis through the last two or three weeks of the season. Um, you know, it, it, it certainly seems like he has it in him and, you know, he started off the year looking like that same player. So, um, you know, it's uh, Blackhawks are obviously have tried a lot of different ways to pull it out of him. And, and I'm sure he is too. And I'm sure this is a mental grind from him and, um, you know, having to go through that. But um, yeah, no, I, I think I, I wouldn't close the door on Lucas Reichel. I, I think um, there's potential there. And, and, and obviously the Blackhawks have made a lot of draft picks, early round draft picks in the last few years, hoping that, um, you know, if someone doesn't pan out that they have someone else to replace and they can step in. But I, I don't think they're writing Lucas Reichel off. And I, and I get why fans are frustrated, but um, you know, this, this year is about that. You know, it, it's about these guys going through this and making mistakes and um, you know, the hope for them has to be that they'll be come out on the other side, you know, white Kaiser going down or, um, you know, those type of things are going to happen with these young kids who are still learning to play at the NHL level. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how this year plays out. I, I think the Blackhawks are worried at, at some extent because it's it's gone, you know, like we're at 30 games now and, and Reichel hasn't found it. Um, I, I do think Rockford will be an option if this continues just because they know that he needs um, he needs some kind of confidence boost. So we'll, we'll, we'll see if it comes here, you know, before the holiday break, and then maybe they sort of reevaluate things and, and decide, um, you know, after the break and going into the year where to, where to best kind of get him going. But I, I think they I, – I assume that they're going to give him these last handful of games before the break and just let him play a bit hard and, and try to get him encouraged to have kind of, uh, you know, rolling and get that line going. So – um, yeah, that, that'll be it'll be one of the more interesting parts of the, the this team to follow over the second half of the season is is Heichel if Reichel can kind of find that because I, I I do think that um, you know what we've seen isn't it's 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 not imaginary you know like he's 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 had that speed he certainly has that speed it's just a matter of him carrying the puck and um, and, and you know kind of finding ways to get to the net with him. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. While there are a lot of intriguing NHL games this week, I'm going a bit into the future and looking at the awards. There's this guy on the Chicago Blackhawks. You might have heard him. His name is Connor Bedard. He has plus 5,000 odds to win the Rocket Richard, and that's definitely something I want to take a gander at, especially with the way he's playing. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of National Hockey League. Yeah, it's just a lot of uh, fan, I, our fans are kind of overreacting to it, and I and I get it. Like the results aren't there, but it's just it, there's so much of a track track record with him. Not only you know when he was playing in Germany, playing in the AHL, and being a point per game player, hovering right for around point per game player, and then last year he had that stint where again, like you said, he was probably the best player on that team. Not that that's a high bar or anything, but like there's so much there's so much more glimpses glimpses of promise than we've seen of this. This is kind of I feel the first time where he's really going through a rough patch. I, I I'll yeah. say this I like I think you got to give him at least till like the end of his contract because I think <laughs> this is the end of his contract. Like. We gotta give him, I think, the the this year. Yeah, no, I, I don't think he's. Year, I, yeah. I I think he's here beyond, well beyond this season. Like mm-hmm. I, I, it's the Blackhawks were thinking about a long term deal. Um, that that's probably not in the cards anymore. But yeah. uh, he, he's he's coming back. I the fact that Blackhawks aren't in win mode in win now mode. I mean, that's where Stan Bowman often was, and um, you know, Teravainen got moved because of Bickle's contract, and you know, moving guys like um, you know, Deneau and uh, Schmaltz. A lot of those were associated with cap reasons and, and trying to win, um, you know, worst comes to worst, the Blackhawks, you know, put Reichel back in Rockford and kind of play this whole process out again. I, I don't foresee him being traded, at least in the short term. I, I think they're, um, you know, like they're, they're still optimistic that he'll refine his game and regain it. And, um, you know, whether he's a center or not that I, you know, like that, that, that may have passed, but um, you know, if the Blackhawks can draft another center or at least some of these other guys can pan out that, um, you know, the, the deeper lineup they have, you know, the more complementary pieces they can put around him and, and guy like Reichel, um, you know, could fit with someone else and they'll click with someone else. So I, I don't I don't I, I think he's here beyond this contract beyond this year. I, I think they'll give him plenty of time to kind of re, re you know, yeah, I guess rediscover that game. And if he doesn't find it, he doesn't find it. But um, I don't think the Blackhawks are anywhere near the end of the leash with uh, trying to yeah be patient with him and, and, and you know, kind of play out his development. I still think he figures it out, but there's also, you know, a reality. Like, not every draft pick is going to hit to what you think it's going to. So, he might still be an NHL player, but maybe not as good as they envision. But I'm I'm still holding up. I'm just more so interested by everyone that's, that's uh, you know, saying, oh, Lucas Reichel isn't going to be a good hockey player. But, um uh, next uh, next question is from Reagan, and it kind of relates to another uh, player that's had a down year where you thought he was going to come in and, ha- and have a big year, but hasn't quite worked out that way. Yeah, we kind of touched on it briefly earlier with, like, Soderblom. Um, but are the Hawks thinking that he can still be, like, a starting goalie moving forward, or are they having think of, like, other plans for him? Yeah, I, I think, again, I think this season they'll, they'll play this out. Like, there's no one that's really ready to take over. I, I think Camesso and Stauber are both, um, yeah, that you know, like, they'd like to give him a lot of starts, and they're probably not NHL ready. Um, you know, the fact that Morazic is playing as well as he is, I, I think that it at least keeps them competitive on any other game. And I, I think there's like, you know, Richardson said the other day that he was going to start 
Mrazek in consecutive games and it just it didn't work out. But I think that's something they may consider doing more often if Mrazek's playing well and um, they, they know that Soderblom, you know, coming off that Seattle game and um, just kind of the season he's had, it, it, it hasn't gone according to plan and they're hoping that he kind of works some of it out. To he, um, uh, so, yeah, I, don't, I, I think in the short term, like, I think they're going to try to, you know, like they, they're hopeful that he also kind of rediscovers it. Like he showed, um, uh, like, like Reichel showed a lot of potential in uh, in Rockford and, and you know like they're they're hopeful that he's the number one um you know it's it, it seemed like he probably graduated from that level too so there's probably not a lot to gain by sending him down unless it's you know like it really goes sideways um you know he, he's had games where he he's looked like he belongs in NHL others you know like he, he's certainly the the rebound control and um the goals against he has a game you know like a goal or two every game where just like ah oh, he should have had that and you know I talked to him um uh, when they got back from Seattle the other day and, you know, kind of talking about his rebound control and where his head's at and, you know, like he's been through this a little bit. So like, I, I think, I, I think he's a pretty confident player and, you know, him and Jimmy Wade are kind of going through video and, and trying to work through it. And the fact the Blackhawks are, you know, like they don't want to overwork, overwork Mrazic because of his injury history. So that I, I think it does help Soderblom that he knows that he's going to get another chance. Like that's, it's nice to kind of be able to bounce back where you don't have to sit on a bad game. So, um, yeah, I, I think the Blackhawks are still hopeful. Like maybe he figures it out because he has the size and he has the athleticism. Um, you know, whether he figures some of that rebound stuff out I, again, it's, um, yeah, time will tell. But I, I think, um, you know, from, from what I've heard of the Blackhawks kind of overall plan is that they, um, they, they just want a goalie who's going to give them a chance. And, and they're hoping that they have a deep enough team elsewhere that they don't need like the, the best goalie in the league. They just need a goalie who, um, yeah, it's competitive and, you know, they, they can have, um, you know, it, it can play well enough to, you know, if they have a really good defense and they can score goals that a goalie keeps them in games and wins games. So I, I think they, um, I don't see them investing a ton of money in that position, uh, especially, you know, in the next few years, it's sort of the same plan where they want to be competitive enough, uh, enough where these kids aren't losing every game, but they also, um, yeah, they, they'd still like to probably get another top 10 traffic next year too. Like I, I, I know one probably wants to probably hear that, but I, I think the Blackhawks want to um, be near the lottery again, probably next year. And that's probably the reality where you have even younger kids coming in a year from now. And, and, you know, like the, the group as a whole gets younger. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, I think if Soderblom had, had found his game, then maybe, um, then, then maybe, you know, all of a sudden he'd start getting more starts and you wouldn't have to, you know, like you, you probably have a different sort of veteran backing him up, but I think this is the ideal situation for them now where they have a goalie who's, um, you know, Razzik's good enough to keep him in games and he's played really well at times this year, but also uh, a guy who doesn't need the net every game. So you can give, you know, Soderblom the, the net. So, um, yeah, I, I'm curious where it goes. I, I know there's, um, you know, a lot of people who have a lot of confidence in him and a lot of belief that, you know, um, that he's going to, Arvid's going to find, refine his game and, you know, he is the player of the future. Um, but it, it's also hard to see now based on what he's done uh, so far this season. It hasn't gone as expected. So it's, um, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. I think him, Reichel, there's there's a handful of guys where um, I think the Blackhawks are, um, yeah, cautiously optimistic that things look different at the, by the end of the season than they do now. But he, he's, he's certainly another one that's, it sort of fits that same bill where um, it, it'll, it'll be interesting to see where his development goes and, and how the Blackhawks, um, yeah, you know, for a year from now, will they go, back with the same, um, you know, the, the same kind of duo if uh, if Soderblom hasn't taken that step or, you know, kind of depending on where Stauber and Comesso are too. So, yeah, uh, something definitely interesting to watch over the next year. 
Yeah, unless you have a Vasilevsky, I feel investing too much money into goalie is not the smartest thing. We've seen Vegas with a very, probably the most sound structured defensive team in the NHL, won a Stanley Cup with Inhill as their goalie, who is probably at best an above average goalie. So, like, even if Soderblom doesn't pan out, like, you would hope maybe one of Kamesa or Guyan or even Stauber could just be decent enough if you have a super team around them that it doesn't matter too much how how good the goalie is. And yeah, yeah the um, fact that they dra- the fact that they've drafted, I mean, uh, you know, you have um, you know Soderblom who's a free agent, but the fact that you know put a second round pick in Kamesa and a second round in Guyan, that I think that. Like they've tried to draft, you know, I, I, the Camesso was under Bowman's still, but, you know, the, the organization has tried to draft that, uh, you know, they took the first goalie last year. I mean, Guyan's a ways away, but I think at least they're they're looking, you know, if Soderblom isn't the guy that you have other guys in the pipeline that within the next, you know, three to five years, sort of when that rebuild um, probably comes to fruition a little bit that you have other goalies in the mix and guys that, um, you know, if Soderblom isn't the guy that you have other guys who could potentially be the guy. So, I think that's the plan where they have, uh, again, abundance of prospects that could potentially be that. And I think that's what they're trying to do at every position to have um, sort of, you know, plan A and then, then then a few backup plans if necessary. Yeah, and you kind of brought up earlier that this team is probably still going to be a lottery team come next year. They wouldn't want another top five, top ten pick, which I kind of found interesting. Not that I think they're going to be a playoff team like anytime soon, probably not in the first three years of, of Bedard's ELC, but I just think with all the draft picks they have and all, especially all the cap space they have, might they go look out and maybe – sign a free agent, not necessarily for long-term, but maybe sign them to big money on shorter term, being aware of Connor Bedard's contract and all the rest of the the rookies' contracts that are coming up, and might they make a trade? I don't know if they're going to go for a big trade, but I definitely could see another Taylor Hall-type trade next offseason where they're just getting they're getting a good player from a team that's cap-strapped. Yeah, it, it, I think it just it depends on where the term is. Like They, just, they, they don't want those type of players beyond – um, you know, two, three years, like they just, they, they don't want those players holding them down or um, just when they're ready to take off. Like I, then having the cap space too, like it's right now, it, it's certainly it's free and it's a luxury, but um, those contracts will add up and Seth Jones is still there. And uh, the, these younger players as you come in that, um, yeah, it's going to, you know, like if Nazar turns pro this year, he burns a year, um, all of a sudden, you know, he, he's on the same contract path as, as Bedard and, and Kraczynski where, you know, he's not going to probably get as much. But if, if Nazar's had three pro seasons and two where he's putting up production, then all of a sudden you have to pay him a decent salary too. So I, I think I, I think this offseason will be intriguing where I think that um, Cal Davidson's aware that he has to get someone elite, someone that's good enough to play on that top line that complements Bedard. Um, and But also, yeah, it, it's, it's playing, you know, just – uh, a teeter totter of how much and, and, and what, what, you know, what terms. So I, I could see them investing money in a player um, and overpaying them and, and just saying that, you know, you, you can probably go get six, seven million here. We'll give you 10 million for a couple of years or something. So I think, um, you know, I think something like that could be really intriguing and, um, you know, maybe, uh, yeah, I, don't, I mean, NHL players like their security, they like those long term deals, but if they're getting more money somewhere, um, yeah, at least it'll, it'll maybe make them pause. But I, I, I definitely think that Kyle Davidson's aware that um, in the short term that he needs a little bit of higher talent. Because even Taylor Hall, like, probably didn't 
Um, you know, his numbers and were pretty good with, with Bedard, and they seem to be driving play, but probably not the most complimentary player to Bedard, where Bedard could probably use a little bit more of a playmaker, someone who's making him better. And I think Taylor Hall, you know, he's he's very much drive the net, and he's, a, he's more of a power forward and um, can help you get great chances, but I don't think he was um, opening up or really, you know, you know, breaking down plays to, to create Bedard stuff. So I, I think they'll be more mindful of the type of player to play with Bedard and, and, you know, they'll be able to see throughout the season who he plays best with. And, um, you know, I think Kershaw has been a great example where Kershaw can play fast and, you know, he's got some yeah, passing ability and a little bit of scoring ability. And um, you probably want someone like Kershaw, but just at a, at a more elite level. Yeah, I think though the the one name that comes to mind, and granted, it's still December. There's still six, seven months till free agency. But there's one that one free agent that uh, is soon to be free agent that's really standing out in Toronto. And that's William Nylander. Do you think, if given the opportunity, if he went to free agency, that they would uh, throw money, throw the, I guess throwing the bay, like the giving him a blank check isn't the best thing to say, but like they would invest in in William Nylander or at least consider. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah I don't know. I, I I've been told before that they probably, you know, like I know Austin Matthews was a name before that would kind of pop up when he was going to be free agent, and Nylander's yeah. the guy now instead. Um, I I don't. Like I don't think they want to give an eight-year deal, because um, as much as it might be, you know, like beneficial in the short term, like the, the concern is the end of the contract and then how that contract collides with the other ones. Um, you know, the fact that Reichel, you know, you're not having to pay like Reichel, like it may change things a little bit. Um, but also, I, I think someone like Nylander probably also you you can't buy in a short-term deal. Like even if you offered him fifteen million. Mm-hmm. A season yeah. over a couple of years, he, he's probably thinking eight year deal wherever he goes. He's probably thinking the Panarin contract because it would be seven because it's free agency, at yeah. least for him. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. I mean, he's gonna get paid. He's gonna. I mean, he's 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 gonna make. He's gonna make it, and he and he can go wherever he wants. So, um, you know, playing with Bedard would would be intriguing and and certainly be the type of player they need. Um, but he he probably also wants to win. You know, I mean, he's gonna. He, he's obviously a little bit older at this point, and um, you know, going to a team that. That isn't going to be probably competitive for two or three years may not in, um, entice him either. And so, yeah, I, I think you know, like, yeah, I I don't think the Blackhawks will be players for a type of player like that. I, I think it's probably a, a tier or two under him. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I would you would think the, the the name at least gets floated by the Blackhawks and um, you know Kyle Davidson and, and his staff sort of maybe think it out. But I I don't think so just because I I. I, I I still think they want to build this thing largely from within, and um, and as much as they know that they need a couple more elite, you know, more higher end pieces in the short term, I I don't think they want to allow those players here, um, you know, when when the players you know kind of hit. So like even if they you know if they get the number one pick again, and, and all of a sudden you get Macklin Celebrini, um, you know, a guy that would be in that NHL again next year too. So if if you had Celebrini and Bedard, and and certainly that's a pretty good start to a rebuild. Um, uh, I mean, those are two guys that would probably both, are, you know, equate to $13, $14 million deals down the road and, you know, paying someone like Nylander. Um, yeah, it, it, all of a sudden, you, you know, like you got Jones's contract and those and Christian. They're already on a team that has that kind of contract structure. Yeah, so, yeah I, I think. For them, yeah. yeah, so I, I think it'll be interesting to see where they fall in this draft, and I, I think that could uh, shape a little bit of the conversation too. But I, I don't expect them to be uh, players for any of the uh, – the top free agents over the next couple of years, at least. Yeah, I would, I would, I understand that, but there's also like they would, they would, I would assume any team would do their due diligence. Just oh, for just sure, yeah, no, that'd be yeah. fair, yeah, yeah, definitely. 
I still think, like, I was talking about with Dylan on the last podcast, like, they don't even have to go for the big, like, they can potentially make a trade. Like, I feel the Alex Dabrinkit trade, not last summer, but, like, had he been available this next summer, I feel like what Ottawa or Detroit gave up for Dabrinkit would have been a reasonable make to kind of help out the Blackhawks going forward. So I think there's ways to improve the team without, you know, throwing 80 million or whatever yeah. at, at, yeah. at William yeah. Nylander. So, um, yeah, Reagan, I don't know if you have any other questions to ask or we, we can wrap this up. We're a little uh, over time than what I wanted to go, but you know, it's been, a, it's been a good conversation. It's, I feel it, it's funny. Cause again, the, the past year and a bit, I think it's really been interesting to see how we've handled everything that's happened. Like when, when Kane got traded, I feel all of us had different reactions to it. So like we all, we all grieve different, I guess. Um, and, and seeing Taves go, like it was so, it was so hard to go to, to see two franchise icons that brought three Stanley cups, just go kind of abruptly like that, you know, but you obviously get Connor Bedard. It's, it's a new start of a new era and, and it's, it's going to be another painful season. And obviously in, in the moment it's, there's not a lot to, to be happy about with this Blackhawks team, but obviously looking forward to the future. There's a, there's a ton to look forward to. And obviously they're going to, they're going to have another top five pick this year. There's that to look forward to. And I think they're going to find ways to, to, to make the team better in the off season. But right now in December, it's always December and January for me. Where I'm just like, Oh, there's still 50 games of this or whatever. Whereas at the be- at the beginning of the season, there's that excitement, and even kind of towards the end, when it's near the trade deadline, you're like, "Oh, the draft flyer, this is going to be soon." It's just like December and January is such a malaise, and that's not even the Blackhawks. I feel that's just NHL in general. For sure, yeah. No, the dog days, yeah. No, it's mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's a grind. So yeah, it'll uh, yeah, if we get through January, um, yeah, everything will be a little bit closer. Yeah, and, <laughs> um, yeah, and it'll be interesting. I mean, these, the players will develop, and you know, like I mean, guys like Colton Doc could, could come up, and I, I think the end of the season could be really interesting. Where if Nazar turns pro, turns pro, and Michigan doesn't make a long run, um, he could be at the NHL by the end of the season. Um, you know, I, I think there's other guys too. I think Ryan Green's a potential guy who can turn pro. Um, you know, I, I think there's a handful of guys that, you know, potentially in the NHL lineup by the end of the season, you know, Nazar being the kind of more intriguing one. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that, you know, even the end of the year, if, um, you know, guys in Rockford, the Ice Hawks make the playoffs and guys from the OHL and the CHL and all, you know, all the all those leagues, um, you know, the guys that are already signed, you know, Gavin Hayes and uh, Lewinsky, who are having pretty good seasons, I, I think um, – yeah, I, I think the Ice Hawks could be interesting to play more prospects at the end of the year and guys that are the next wave of prospects that uh, a year from now, I think Rockford's a lot more interesting where you have like a ton of really young forwards down there. So, um, yeah, there, there's reasons for Blackhawks fans to be, you know, and, and the fact that Bedard will, um, you know, continue to be there. And I, I'm sure, you know, he's already figuring out the NHL and, um, you know, the power play is rolling a little bit more. And, you know, if they can get Anna to see you and, and some of these guys healthy, I, I think, um, you know, just the, the lineup as a whole could – could improve and um yeah and we'll see where Reichel and all these other guys go to but yeah it'll, it'll be you know it's 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 they're, they're gonna lose a lot more games than win but um I think it's a lot more interesting than a year ago and that you have players um that you uh that give Blackhawks fans at least hope for the future so I think it went this way five years ago like this Blackhawks team was just mired in mediocrity and it sucks they're losing more games than they did back then but I'm thinking, well, going through this and then waiting, going a five years in the future, like this team 
is going to be one of the best teams in the NHL with maybe the best player in the NHL with a better surrounding cast. So, I mean, we got if we got to go through this, you know, the dog days of the season, the pain and all the growing pains of the season, I think it's going to be all worth it. I just feel like now the future is actually promising and the future is bright compared to a couple of years ago. Just not knowing what was going to happen and just kind of like stuck in the grind of everything. Like the, the plan is set and set in motion and there's tra- tangible like yeah. results. This would, this would feel a lot different if the Blackhawks didn't have Connor Bedard, you know, like if this was Fantilli oh. or Carlson, this, uh, this wouldn't probably be as rosy. So um, as painful as the re, you know, the tank was and pulling off the, you know, um, you know, Kane and Taves, you know, leaving and but bring kid and doc all trading. Like they ended up with the, the reason they did that. So, you know, it, it'll be a little bit more on Kyle Davidson uh, determining, you know, like we'll, we'll see if he can draft like you. It's anyone can draft kind of Bedard. Anyone can trade away players. It's <laughs> it's now, you know, whether these other players pan out and, and the pieces he puts around them. So um, I, I think we'll learn a lot more of whether the Blackhawks will be successful because it's, um, you know, Bedard isn't going to do it all alone. But it's um, yeah, it, it's definitely a lot more promising than it was a few years ago, like you said. So it's um, yeah, it'll be. Yeah, it, it's, it's certainly I. I'm more intrigued than I was a season ago as a, you know, as, as someone who covers a team where at least there's uh, players are right about and people are interested in in reading them. Them where um, there there wasn't a whole lot of players at least on last year's team who moved the needle outside of Cannon Tave. So it's uh, it's a different team and yeah, it's it's a lot more. Uh, I, I guess fans seem a lot more optimistic at least. Yeah, you you even just bringing that up like Connor Bedard, like Adam Fantilli is going to be great. Same with Leo Carlson, but there's a reason why Bedard has been marketed the way he is. The reason why he, you know he's been hyped up since he was 13 years old. He won first overall, and why I don't know if he's a generational talent, but like he's pretty damn close to it. Like I I still think McDavid is that generational type talent. Like I think he's a tier ahead of all these guys, but man, Bedard, I. I see 50, multiple 50 goal seasons in the future. And just like when he get, even just gets decent help in front of him, like with him, like he's really going to take off. Yeah, no, it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to watch it yeah, for sure. It'll be fun to watch too. <laughs> All right, Scott, thank you uh, so no, much for good. coming no, on. Thanks always, for having me. Yeah, sorry for yeah. keeping you so long. All but, good. All uh, good. Hope you have a good Christmas and, uh, and a happy new year. You too. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Chris. All right. Appreciate see you.